Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Welcome to Podcast Rebellion. I am your host, Jukal American, joined by Whiskey Wednesday. On uh, We're recording this on August 9th. You might be listening to it on August 10th. Uh, so spring practice, or not spring practice, <laughs> August practice is well underway. Uh, football season is right around the corner. There will be college football games played this month. Um, but we have a good bit to talk about already, even though the season is not upon us yet. Uh, and yeah, we'll kick things off with what we did last week, which we used to do way back when. Uh, say what we're drinking. So, Whiskey, what are you drinking? You know, I'm keeping it pretty boring. We talked a little bit about rum uh, last week. Uh, tonight, I have taken the rum and poured uh, coca-cola on top of it <laughs> so i i'm supposed to know the like is it what what is the the name for that that's not rum and coke is it cuba libre is I'm cuba that libre. Ah, okay uh well cool i'm i'm drinking a gin and tonic uh which is a little bit of bombay sapphire and some non-name brand tonic water <laughs> And a fresh squeezed lime. You know, G&T is pretty solid. Pretty solid yeah. summer drink. Yeah. Can't be overlooked. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, let's let's go ahead and talk about football. Or, yeah, and uh, we will talk about this and then be done. <laughs> uh, lots of camp storylines out. Uh, first of all, of course, there's the quarterbacks. And... What is the deal with the quarterbacks? <laughs> so all we've heard is that it has been a stalemate so far. And the general consensus is the same as it always has been, that that Dart has the live arm, uh, makes maybe some bigger plays, but also throws more interceptions, um, you know, pushes a little too hard to make the big play happen. Um, and then Altmeyer runs the offense well, knows what he's doing, makes a few big throws, but overall is like pretty conservative and and maybe just doesn't have quite as much upside pushing it downfield. Yeah, if it stays that way, uh, what do you think this team, as it's assembled, wants more? A, a big play threat who can turn it over or a more methodical... Uh, but but lacking big play opportunity. I think they would go with Altmeyer if if Dart can't clean it up or at least just improve his percentages a little bit. Um, yeah. I think the offensive line, the running game, um, having a couple of big tight ends um, kind of sets itself up for a team that could be run by a quarterback who doesn't just throw bombs all over the place. I completely agree. I mean, you know, we're not going to beat Alabama lining up and just trying to run at them and, and win in that way, but we're probably not going to beat Alabama anyway. So, like, I uh, I think that you get the quarterback on the field who can be reliable and mostly give it to Zach Evans, Ulysses Bentley, uh, et cetera, and maybe that's Luke Altmeyer. I mean... I, I, I'm thinking back to the Sugar Bowl. Obviously, it didn't go well, but 
there were a number of plays that Luke Altmaier made that made me go, huh, maybe there's something to this guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one highlight play I think everyone thinks of is when he, you know, evaded a couple of uh, attempted sacks, nearly <laughs> tackled in his own end zone, and then throws a rope down the sideline for a completion. Um, pretty incredible. I mean, you know, that's something that that Matt Corral doesn't do all the time. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it it's clear that he has some athleticism and some ability to make big things happen. He just maybe doesn't have like that NFL arm, but I mean, you can take a guy like that and win a lot of football games. Yeah. It also seems, I mean, gosh, we've only seen him in limited action, but at least in that game, it seemed like he, you know, had the (laughs) grit is such a stupid word, but like the approach and the personality to kind of, um, fight yeah absolutely very important uh but you know when it comes down to it like i think you and i both believe that this team will be running mostly uh and so in in getting there and talking about that uh you know one story out of camp kiffin said the other day that quinchon judkins is probably the best I guess the best looking in terms of like strength and size and all that high school player that they've signed at Ole Miss. Uh, He's a running back, by the way, in case anyone doesn't know that. Uh, Certainly that, that room is kind of stacked. Zach Evans, Ulysses Bentley, Kentrell Bullock are are all ahead of him. Uh, But I don't know. Like he, he may have a very different role. I mean, if we think back to last year with Snoop Connor, Snoop Connor was very much a wrecking ball type of of running back. Uh, even though there, that's there's more to Snoop Connor's game than just that, but but that's kind of how Ole Miss utilized him the most. And Zach Evans, I think, is a great all around running back, and Ulysses Bentley seems super fast and shifty. But maybe there is a place for just a big pounding running back even if it's you know a freshman yeah absolutely i mean the way people are talking about him i think his upside this year is to you know be second on the team in carries assuming zach evans you know stays healthy um which sounds crazy to say because you're right there is a lot of talent and my kind of assumption was that Ulysses Bentley was going to be sort of a compliment to Zach Evans. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. Evans was a little bit more of a well-rounded back overall. Uh, Bentley is, you know, a little bit more of a scat back uh, right. catches, you know, passes out of the backfield a little better, maybe stuff like that. But uh, it just seems like Judkins is just coming on like a freight train, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, if that's the case, if he ends up, you know, playing a ton and, uh, you know, being really good as a freshman, it just goes to show you that, uh, once again, my ability to watch film and make sweeping judgments around that is, is very flawed because uh, when I watch his high school film, I actually think that, well, while definitely he's good, um, it looks to me like he wastes a lot of steps and if you're a short yardage back, you definitely don't want that. Um, but again, like obviously 
reports are that he's killing it. So I'm just wrong, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember having the same impression that he just didn't look super smooth and didn't get downhill super fast. But yeah, we seem to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the the receiver position is another another position of major uncertainty headed into headed into the 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 fall and i think we've started to see a number of pieces come together uh you know it's clear that jalen robinson is a very legit player in this offense um and you know that's really encouraging uh because i think that he he was brought in and seemed to be the most capable of of playing that like big play receiver position similar to Elijah Moore. Uh, of course they're not the same player, but um, that same sort of role on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it seems like there is, I don't know. We've talked about how maybe there isn't a, like a, a number one receiver on this team, but it seems like maybe the, the guys um, are doing a little better than we thought, maybe in terms of just having a lot of like number two kind of receivers. Um, and again, I think that that works in a, in a Kiffin offense. Um, if John Mingo stays healthy, I mean, he's, he's definitely a pretty big playmaker, maybe not like as dominant as you would want for your absolute best receiver. But then, yeah, like you said, you have Jalen Robinson, um, Malik Heath is a guy that has been talked about more the last couple yeah. of weeks. Uh, it seems like maybe due to his sort of discipline problems at state, uh, it seems like maybe the coaching staff didn't really want to hype him up too much. They kind of wanted to like sneak him in the back door a little bit. That's kind of bad to say, but it seems like he's been running with the first two teams a lot and, and playing well. Um, and then him and, and Mingo and Jalen Robinson have been, kind of the top three so far, maybe. Yeah, Jalen Knox was actually, uh, I guess, uh, he had a press conference today. So, uh, like, every day, you can actually go on YouTube, anybody who's listening, uh, the Ole Miss official account, and watch that day's YouTube videos. So it's always Kiffin, and then two to three other players. Uh, and Jalen Knox was one of them today. Um, and Kiffin actually talked about him, and about how, you know, he has experience in the, playing in the SEC. And, you know, he had to sit out last year, so I think it's easy to forget about him. Uh, but he did, he was very productive at, at Missouri. Not in like a, you know, he, he would not be a lead receiver. Uh, but I think that he definitely has already proven to have a place in the SEC. And so there's very little risk in bringing in a guy like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And... Yeah, it'll be really fun to see who steps up out of that group. Um, last year, really frustrating to watch the really tight rotation at receiver, especially when some guys started getting dinged up. Um, it kind of really limited what was otherwise a really great team. So it'll be cool to see some new faces in that position group. Yeah, that was so frustrating. I remember just thinking like, I think JJ Henry ran like 15 routes last season or something like that. And Braylon Brown didn't do maybe even that he might've run fewer than that. Um, And I just remember thinking like, what is out there is not working. 
So like, why is why are we not seeing other guys get chances when when there were so many injuries at receiver? Yeah, it'll definitely be something to keep an eye on. Uh, another interesting note about the receiver room: um, a guy who stood out in the spring, uh, Rafe Vinson from MRA. Uh, Kiffin talked about him by name. I want to say he's maybe a non-scholarship player, but one that really caught Kiffin's eye was expected to be, um, you know, a good possession receiver, you know, good in the red zone, stuff like that. Uh, Bumped over to safety uh, last couple of days. Kiffin said something about, you know, trying him out there. And that makes you think that maybe the receivers, uh, maybe the hype is real. If there's a guy who was sticking out that much and is now being, relegated to safety for a little bit like maybe there's just a lot of players there yeah and you know if his position is in the slot Ole Miss brought in plenty of transfers of slot receivers so maybe they see some physicality or something like that there that they want to be able to try to use or maybe it's a temporary move and then once some of the slot receivers clear out in the next year or so, then he moves back to receiver um, and, and is just providing kind of a practice body or something like that at the moment. But yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting because I had heard from several people who are actually connected to the program that Rafe Vinson was, that the, the hype for him from the coaches was not like just, you know, pretending that, <laughs> that he very much was showing out in practice and was, they were sort of shocked that they were able to get him as a walk on. Yeah. Yeah. I I still think it'd be cool to see him end up at receiver and and do well there because I think there's too much top ends talent at safety at Ole Miss right now. And plus we don't rotate at safety quite as much. Um, So it seems like there may be more room for him at receiver, but obviously the coaches know better than we do, but um, hope it works out for him regardless. Um, so moving on, I kind of came up with an interesting question. We're kind of going position group by position group. If you haven't figured out that by now. Um, so it seems like they're going to be two tight ends who dominate the snap count this year, uh, in Casey Kelly and Michael Trigg. Uh, Kelly is, you know, we've seen him. He's a pretty dependable receiver really good player overall. Um, but you know, his main, I think strength is just crushing blocks. Uh, he really finds and pursues and finishes blocks. Um, and trig, as we saw in the spring game is just a monster, uh, as a receiver. Um, Kelly has a lot more experience. Trig has a lot more upside, uh, to, you know, helping the offense score, I think. So, should that be considered a position battle or are these guys almost like playing different positions or somewhere in between? Uh, do we think both of these guys are going to be on the field a ton? Uh, or do you think some sort of uh, hierarchy is going to emerge? I mean, it can't be as simple as trig on passing downs, Kelly and running downs because right. that right. tips your hand too much. Uh, what are well, your thoughts on that? I mean, Casey Kelly is also not a bad receiving tight end. No, no, not at all. Um, but I think you and I both think Michael Trigg is capable of some amazing stuff. I, I think that, and Kiffin talked about this in a press conference a few days ago. 
Although I guess he didn't specifically say Michael Trigg's name, but it was right after he had been asked a question about Michael Trigg. Uh, some of the transfers they're having trouble with. And, um, you know, that's to be expected that when you add a bunch of players to a team, some of them are going to work out immediately and some of them are going to have some growing pains. And some of them aren't going to work out at all. So, you know, if if Michael Trigg is falling into one of the latter two categories, we certainly hope it's growing pains. Um, I think that the fact that he at one point wasn't running with the ones or twos definitely suggests that uh, a decent portion of this is motivational and, you know, a, a this is not going to come automatically to you kind of message that they're trying to send. Uh, but... <clears throat> I think that like even past that, if, you know, if the question is about schematically what, what they're going to do and that sort of stuff, I, even though I think this is going to be a running team, it's tough to imagine running out of two tight ends a ton, right? Like that, that doesn't seem very likely. Yeah. I kind of would like to see it. Uh, <laughs> Just because I, I really think that they're going to be two of the better players on the offense. I think Kelly has really earned a place. Um, but again, Trigg just gives you so much upside, so much big playability, especially like we said, uh, we're not sure if the downfield passing game is going to be quite as good. So being, uh, being able to use the tight end position seems like it could be a big, um, big way to mitigate that that weakness i guess um but you're right i think it's not going to happen a ton two tight end sets yeah although i guess michael trigg and his potential in the passing game does force the defense even if you run a two tight end set to it, it keeps the defense very honest yeah and doesn't let them focus entirely on the run in that scenario yeah here's a question so not a lot of big receivers on the Ole Miss roster. Mm. Uh, does Michael Triggs split out wide or out in the slot quite a bit this year? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think they've shown that in practice at least uh, very much, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, well, if, if, if you put him out wide, then you have to cover him with a corner, right? Yeah. And then that's a weird matchup. Mm-hmm. It's usually not a good one. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, real football is not like a video game where you just plug a guy into a position, but uh, I don't know. It might work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there's much talk, much worth talking about on the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah. think go, let's go ahead and skip to defense. I will say I, you don't have a defensive line written down here, but I, I'm I'm surprised not to have heard Pegues Pegues's name uh, in some of these media opportunities because I think that he's great and uh, they're just not really talking about the defensive line. Yeah, it might in part be because it's the early stages of fall camp. It's not uh, full contact tackle to the ground. Oh, good point. Yeah. Like they, just, right they just started adding pads. Yeah. So that might be it. And also uh, I think they're just platooning guys on the defensive line right now to 
see what they've got and to keep guys fresh and, and whatnot. And, you know, just like, yeah, the defensive line is not getting a lot of action right now. Yeah. So that being said, let's jump to linebackers. Uh, so yeah, you have here, like Austin keys is running with the ones or maybe running with the, the ones ahead of Ashanti Sistrunk. And that actually doesn't surprise me. Uh, Austin keys at the very beginning of last season, uh, before he went down with injury, I remember thinking like, huh, this dude, like he is quick. And obviously at that point we were also learning about chance Campbell and Mark Robinson. So if you're going to pick two linebackers that we didn't expect to be excited about, obviously those are the two. Uh, but I think I kind of overshadowed was what Austin keys was doing as a freshman, right? He was a red shirt freshman last year. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I remember thinking he was he was pretty good, uh, and I, I'm not especially surprised to hear that that he's he's coming along well. Yeah, it'd be a very welcome development. I mean, I I certainly didn't count on him as a starter this year, but yeah, if he's if he's out there playing well, that's you know that's awesome. Um, am surprised that we haven't heard much about. Kari Coleman or Reginald Hughes. Um, Reginald Hughes, not talked about much, but he was a, a junior college linebacker that rec- uh, that committed to Ole Miss very shortly after being offered and just like totally shut it down. But one of those things where you figure the coaches saw something they really liked in him and you know brought him in in a class where we hit the transfer portal really hard. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of figured that we'd hear something about him, but haven't really heard anything either from the the guys who cover the team or from the coaches themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this will all be moot when Ole Miss takes the field against Troy, and and we'll learn a lot more about what's actually happening. <clears throat> but I'm a little bit surprised about Kari Coleman too. I don't think that transfers come to Ole Miss because they expect to not start. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we're really not sure what his role on the team is at this point. And, you know, that can be said for several transfers kind of that, that I'd say maybe we're a little bit surprised about like uh, bringing in both Aishim Young and Ladarius Tennyson, for example, like are those guys starting two different positions or competing at the same position? Like we don't really know yet. Um, they added Roman Rashada really late at safety. Um, yeah, I have to think that was tied to Jaden Rashada. <laughs> well, he's sitting here on the team, you know. <laughs> I, know I know, I know, I know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so linebacker, it seems like Keys and Troy Brown are the dudes right now. Uh, obviously, Sistrunk is going to play a ton of snaps because he played a ton last year, too, um, and, right. and played well a good bit of the time. He's not, you know, an all SEC headhunter kind of linebacker, but he's like plenty good for for what we have right now. Yeah, uh, I I think that one bit of news that really shocked me out of the linebacker position, based on how incredibly thin you and I view the the position to be, is Jerron Willis playing safety. So Jerron Willis is a was a four star recruit out of high school. He was the linebacker commit uh, i mean th- there are uh, others that 
actually are apparently playing well, like Tyler Banks uh, is, is apparently already already practicing a good bit high on the depth chart. Um, but Jerron Willis practicing at safety is surprising, one, because linebacker is so thin, and two, because safety is so deep. And so I think that's something that was very surprising to me um, and potentially speaks to opportunity or a, a better scenario than we think at linebacker but also could speak to a worse scenario for Jerron Willis in general. Yeah, who knows? I mean, he's listed at 6'2", 220 on the roster. And if that's correct, like, what is he going to do? Like, is he going to be one of the biggest safeties in the SEC or is he going to, like, lose weight as a freshman? Like, no. Like, like what yeah. are they? I don't know. Hard to think, like, what the long-term plan is for him at safety. Yeah. I think that... uh you know, it, it's it's pretty telling because that's not a position that needs needs bodies. I mean, the same thing we talked about with Ray Finson. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what else we got. Um, so defensive back, we we talked about the the depth there at safety. I think um, a lot of guys in the safety room are, are pretty well known at this point. What I had been looking for is whether we are going to have any depth at cornerback because we have two starters who are really excited about. And then in a miles battle and, oh God, names, uh, DeAndre Prince. DeAndre then, Prince. Yeah. And then Davison Igbenosin, um, as sort of a cornerback safety hybrid uh, incoming oh, freshman. Igbenosin is also drawing crazy rave reviews. Yeah, yeah. I think everything we heard, even around the time he signed, is that like, oh yeah, this guy's going to come in and be good right away. Um, And that apparently has come to pass. So uh, those guys might be the top three cornerbacks. I don't know, Igbenosan might move around the secondary a little bit. Um, But then I was curious about, there are several scholarships dedicated to cornerbacks that we signed that were not badly rated they're kind of in that that middle uh, area where you don't really know what to s- expect out of them um Marquebius mm. brown Derek bermudez kendrick breedlove demarco williams um maybe other a couple other guys there it's it's kind of hard to know in our defensive scheme who's playing cornerback and who's playing safety especially if they're backups um yeah but I think we're hearing good things about those guys too. It's hard to tell whether that's like rah, rah, uh, you know, pay site reporter stuff, or if they're actually like really crushing it, but you know, hearing some good things about Brown and breed love in particular. Uh, so it'd be cool to see maybe a couple of those guys step up and give us some depth at those positions too. But the fact that they're not starting, I mean, I think that, there are times in plenty of Ole Miss defenses uh, in years past where if a safety or a corner was good, they'd be starting. Um, and, but this, I mean, going into this year, Miles Battle, DeAndre Prince, AJ Finley, and Otis Reese are all seniors who have played a ton in their careers. And so like, no, you're not going to start a redshirt freshman over them. And they're also very good. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's no statement about you know their future with the team that they are you know struggling to get on the field or could be struggling to get on the field this season. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's just, I don't know, to me, that was a big unknown on the team. So it's, it's good to hear some positive reviews on those guys. Yeah. Um, man, what do you think about those, those starting four? I know we, we start six defensive backs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but those four guys, battle Prince, Finley and Reese, what do you think comparing them to the the 2014 starting secondary with um, Mike Hilton, Simquez Golson, um, oh God, names again. Cody uh, Pruitt. <laughs> Cody Pruitt and Trey Elston. I mean, I think that that secondary was better. But, <laughs> but like, you know, that could all change this year. I mean, those, you know, the, these players have the opportunity to really prove themselves. Um and I, I, you know, it's tough to say that they were better. That secondary made a ton more big plays, and yeah. big planes are fun and exciting. Yeah. I, I was actually shocked when I was doing some research for uh, uh, just a preview on the secondary headed into the year. Uh, I saw that I was like, "Oh, where? I wonder where they rank in the in the nation." Uh, and they are or in the SEC and. In pass efficiency defense, which is probably the most important statistic uh, for a, a pass defense in modern football, because it considers like down and distance and, you know, stopping third downs and not giving up big plays and that sort of stuff. Second in the SEC last year. Second. That's uh, that's good. Yeah. Georgia, Ole Miss. Wow. And, you know, I, I mentioned or we brought up that 2014 group. I agree that it's certainly not a given that the group this year will be at that level, but that same group of guys was there in 2013 and we didn't necessarily view them as a super dominant group. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just having that experience playing together, that continuity, um, they like really, really came together in 2014 and, you know, could be the same for this group of guys. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and, you know, there are there are transfers at the other safety positions, which actually brings us to an overall discussion on... So Kiffin alluded to how there are some problems with transfers. And, you know, I talked about it earlier already. But uh, I'll, I'll shoot this over to you. Do you think that there is a specific problem with transfers in the transfer portal? Do you think it's a problem of uh, just adding new players or, you know, do you think that this somehow leads to, Oh, we have to get away from the transfer portal because these guys are really unreliable and, you know, we don't get to spend enough time with them in the recruitment process, that sort of stuff. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the numbers are going to shift. I think, the reason we are so heavy on the transfer portal is one, because we lost a ton and two, because Olness and Kiffin were a little bit ahead of the game in learning how to recruit the portal. Um, and, you know, we also just had a lot of good vibes, good team culture going around in the program, which also made it really easy to, to recruit Ole Miss um, for, for transfers. So I think that's why we went so heavy. I think, our high school recruiting is going to be better. We're not losing quite as much this year. Um, so I think you're going to see sort of a natural move away from, from the portal, but I don't think that's an indictment of 
the portal. I just think it's not easy to take 17 guys or whatever. Um, we ended up taking, probably ended up being more with late additions like uh, Malik Keith and Deshaun Jerkins from Vanderbilt and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy number. I think if you add that many transfers, like just the sheer numbers game guarantees that you're going to have some culture fit that you didn't uh, or culture fit issue that you didn't anticipate, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think overall these transfers are going to make the team a ton better and it's not going to be something we look back on with regret, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say so. If we're talking about a handful of seventeen, then that that's a good point. That that's not you know necessarily a big problem. Uh, okay, last thing before we close, uh, and we, we we should actually do this again right before the season starts. But as of now, with what we know now, with press conferences and that sort of stuff, we're gonna go through who we think will lead the team in various statistical categories. So first of all, who do you think leads the team in passing? Man, uh, we talked about how Altmeyer may be the guy right now because he is a little more consistent, a little more whatever. I just can't shake the feeling that Dart is going to win out. So I'm going to go with Dart. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with Altmaier. Uh, I think that it's a little bit late in the process for us to continue hearing that Dart is having trouble with turnovers. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Okay, ru- rushing, we probably agree on. Yeah. Um, it's going to be Zach Evans, but I think it's going to be actually close. Okay. Okay. Do you think Zach Evans will lead the team in carries? Yeah, I think he's going to lead in carries and rushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's hot hot pick, though. Not yards per carry. Ooh, okay. Ulysses Bentley in yards per carry? Him or Judkins. I don't know. Okay, okay. Wow. I think when, I mean, Evans, gets, I think when Evans is on the field, people are going to zone in on him and stopping yeah. him. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, okay. Let's go with receptions before we go to receiving yards. So, gosh, we made a prediction specifically on receptions back in the spring, and it was right after the spring game, and I said, Michael Trigg, uh, I'm not so sure anymore. No, I think it's, I think you're probably the one I think I brought this up to you and you said Jalen Robinson. And I was like, I don't know. He's coming on pretty late, but now I agree with you. I think it's going to be Jalen Robinson. Yeah. 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 That's probably right. I mean, for the sake of argument, I'll, I'll actually still say trig and receptions and Jalen Robinson and receiving yards. All right. Yeah. Uh, I like Robinson for both right now. Um, Mingo could, I don't know, he's kind of my my dark horse, if you can call him that, because he's the leading returning receiver, but yeah. Okay, uh, tackles. I know that's, that's pretty broad, but tackles. 
Um, you know, I think Troy Brown is pretty safe bet there. Could be a safety, but but I think we have enough depth at safety where we're going to be rotating a fair amount there. Troy Brown's a good pick. I mean, he's also very fast, and that is very helpful uh, in in racking up tackles. I mean, that doesn't necessarily say anything about effectiveness or anything like that. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Otis Reese leading the team in tackles. I mean, he was second on the team in tackles last year. Yeah. So, you know, he doesn't have a lot he has to do to uh, to get there. He just, Chance Campbell has to not be on the team, basically. Yeah, yeah. It could be him. It could be Awesome Keys. It could be Aishim Young or Ladarius Tennyson. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I, it's tough to imagine Ladarius Tennyson considering he has, hasn't started a game yet, right? Yeah, for sure. And um, Taishim Johnson is in there somewhere, too. Um, mm. But yeah. And then, so, uh, tack- tackles for loss. Tackles for loss. That is tough, too. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with Cedric Johnson. That seems probably the most obvious pick, and I'm going to go with it. All right. I'm actually going to go with uh, Troy Brown here. Uh, and the only the only reason that I say Troy Brown is um, I'm paying too much attention to last season, but uh, Chance Campbell was second on the team in tackles for loss. Of course, Sam Williams went crazy, but Chance Campbell was second in his like spy quarterback linebacker role. Uh, and if Troy Brown is the person who fills that role in this year's three two six, then it's him. If not, maybe it's Kari Coleman or Austin Keys or someone like that. Uh, but whoever the, whoever fills that role in the defense to me is is most likely to have the tackles for loss lead. Yeah. Uh, all right, then sacks. I uh, see it has to be the same, right? Yeah, I, I was just gonna see if we were differentiating between tackles for loss like on running backs and then sacks on quarterbacks but they you know they're kind of a subset you know sacks are a subset of tackles for loss and i think said johnson gets that uh yeah I mean, robinson is probably going to give him a run uh, i think he's super talented too and jj piggy's uh, well here's the thing said johnson is going to have a, a pretty good year and piggy's might be the better player but it's just hard to generate that number of sacks as a defensive tackle so yeah in in a three down lineman set yeah yeah um okay lastly here picks Mm. interceptions um how would you bet against aj finley i'm not saying this would be him but how would you bet against him you know yeah so aj finley I mean, I view him as this ball hawk kind of guy, uh, and he's certainly good. He's a really good player. But last season, he had three picks. I mean, that led the team, but it was three. And the year before that, led the team, three. Yeah, and you're right. He hasn't had an insane year for getting interceptions, but... I think just looking at the play styles of the other defensive backs that we have, um, Miles Battle. He just bats balls down. Yeah, he bats balls down and he just shuts down 
attempts, you know, at, right. at throwing his right. way. I don't think it's him. DeAndre Prince, I think he's probably going to be second on the team. So it could be him. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the safeties we have are hard hitters, guys who play in the box, guys who aren't going to have more than three picks. Uh, yeah. Davison Igbenosan, it'd be pretty cool if he had more than AJ. Yeah, if he had like but... seven picks, that'd be pretty, <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> fresh up freshman corner. Yeah. Maybe so that, that's our expectation, Davison. If you're listening, you have to have yeah. seven. You have to have seven for us to be impressed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hard to pick against Finley. And I, I think the, the defensive scheme, too, just sets up to kind of funnel balls his way. Yeah, I'd actually say the same thing. I'll, I'll go with AJ Finley as well. So a couple of boring picks, but some there's some differences between us. Uh, uh, worth worth paying attention to when we mm-hmm. revisit this later. Uh, okay, well that's gonna do it. Thanks so much everybody for joining us. And uh, yeah, this is three weeks in a row. I have a friend who was like, oh, "It's been a while since you did a pod uh, a few weeks ago," and it has not been a while now. So we're gonna keep this going. And uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Peace out.